How did you convince them to agree to 40% in year one? Well, they haven't, they haven't agreed yet, but you know, um, (laughs) you are listening to conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders like Eric Wan from zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews. And if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Bill Babel. Uh, if, it, if he looks or sounds familiar, it's because we had him on back in 2018 and 2019, actually. He's building a very cool org chart tool called Pingboard. Much bigger vision, though. They've got an exciting change and update to announce today. When we had him on last, they broke about $4 million bucks in revenue. So guys, help me welcome to the show, Bill Babel. Bill, welcome. Thanks, Nathan, for having us. You bet. Now we have Lath too. We're going to get to Lath in a second, but but Bill, give us give us a little bit of context. So, a product that Pinkboard is today, and then introduce Lath and sort of how he's now infused with the business. And gotcha. Yeah. So we've spent a lot of time since we last talked expanding the product into other areas, and uh, a lot of it revolves around the whole shift that happened with remote work. And I'll, I'll let Lath share that in a minute. But the big news and why Lath is on this call is I've hired Lath as. Our new CEO. I was founder and CEO, and I'm taking a step back now. And you know, we're entering this new phase of, of, of the business, and, and there's a lot of exciting things ahead that, that Leith is going to lead us through. Now, Bill, this is the, the, this sort of transition. Very few people have enough courage to come on and like sort of talk about it, which is why I jumped when you when you offered uh, because a lot of founders, frankly, a lot of founders maybe should replace themselves, but it's a really hard thing to do from an ego perspective. Uh, I guess, talk a little bit in terms of, so where, um, when did you, because and you also had a board, right? So I guess, give the funding history. So how much raised to date? We've raised seven and a half million. We did it as three separate seed rounds though. So we've never truly done a series A. Okay. So, so I think 4 million, 2018, 2.5 in late 2013, a little earlier than that, about another million. So 7.2 total. Uh, we raised 7.5 total. 7.5 total. Okay, great. And so I guess, when did you first, you know, a company was, you know, I think you told me historically in 2014, you break 240,000 bucks in ARR, right? In 2018, <laughs> you break three point, you know, probably don't even remember that, but 3.1 million in, in 2018, 4 million in 2019, the business is growing. So when did you start going, you know what, maybe I'm not the guy to lead this thing? Uh, it was probably two years ago, I started having the thoughts, but didn't really decide to do this until last year, but you know, we crossed 5 million in revenue in 20, uh, 2020, right before COVID hit. And uh, we we're at 40 people. And I was already starting to realize that I was uh, kind of a little, a little bit uh, struggling as CEO because like, I, I'm really good with a small team going from zero to one, but as the team scales, there's just a lot of things you have to do to, to operate a business and lead. And um, you know, a lot of things just didn't, come as intuitive to me at that scale. We scaled back a little bit after COVID hit and um, got down to 25 people and felt a lot more comfortable there. Uh, but as we've really got our growth uh, clicking over the past year, we're, you know, we're, we're hiring like crazy right now. And I've realized you know, pretty soon I'm going to be uh, not the CEO I would hire <laughs> to run the business through this next phase. So that's, that's why I decided to step back and, and hire somebody better than me to to help scale the business from here. 
So step one is you stop ignoring that like little seat in the back of your head. And you're like, I got to do something about this. I've been thinking about now for 16 months. What's the step after that? Do you write something? Do you do something with the board? What's step two? Uh, the first thing I did was talk to the board, even before I had decided this, I started talking with them and they're good about asking tough questions to me. And they were like, do you really want to be CEO for the next, for this like next phase? And um, I thought for a second and try 30 seconds of silence. And then I said, no. Uh, and then there was, uh, yeah, that day we decided, all right, well, let's go hire somebody amazing. And it took 11 months to, to find our new CEO. It, so we hired a recruiter. They really helped us scour our own networks and networks outside of um, people we already knew. And um, it, it took a while, probably half the time was figuring out the exact profile of, of what we were looking for. Um, but we definitely found the right person. So we want to get over to Leif here in about two minutes, but first, Bill, extra context there because I'm trying to develop a playbook here for anyone else listening to do this. So who who did you use? Can you name the recruiter you used? Uh, yeah, Caldwell was the the name of the firm, and they and you were happy. Did, yeah, they, yeah, very happy. They did did a great job. Yeah, and and can I ask? So most recruiters are charging like thirty percent to first year salary as like a fee. Is that sort of the model they used with you? Yeah, that was that was it. Paid over over time during the the course of the search. And what were some of the inputs you gave them? They said, "Bill, board, what kind of person do you want?" And you said, "Prefers Loom videos over Zoom, extrovert." Like, what do you make a list? How does that work? Uh, sort of. They had their own scorecard format that they used. Um, it was easier for me to just like tell them and let them draft it as a scorecard, though. But the things that were important to me is someone that really understands product and product-led growth. So, you know, we didn't want someone who had a more traditional enterprise sales background turned turn CEO that would come in and kind of layer on a lot of um, just sales around an exi- existing product. We believe a lot of our future is continuing to expand the product and have additional value we can upsell into our base. And, we don't have a sales team today and it's all product led where customers sign up online. And it just, I think it takes a special type of person to understand the mechanics of that and then, and build it. Not saying that we shouldn't have a sales team. We're probably leaving a lot on the table by not having a sales team, but we've engineered um, a kind of a well-oiled machine with uh, kind of self-serve type growth. And we want to continue to scale that as well as layer on other ways of going to market. So someone that really understood that, and that, that was the hardest thing to find. And before we go over to Leif, the last question in my audience, I, I think they're probably wondering, I'd be wondering, why not promote from within? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I, I think we, the main thing is we want to experience um, someone who had led other companies through similar stages of growth. Um, no one on our team has, has done that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now introduce Leif. When was the first meeting and what was it like? What were your in- initial impressions on both? I want to get both sides. So Bill, your initial impressions and Leif, your initial impressions. So we met in January, I believe. Um, and it's strange. We have a lot of mutual connections, but we had never met before in the recruiter. This, this year. This year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we met, like I said, we have, we had mutual connections through the networks here in, in Austin and San Antonio and just somehow had never connected. Um, and as, as soon as I saw Lace's profile, I was like, yeah, this on paper sounds like what I'm looking for. And then we started talking and yeah, in the first meeting or two, it was pretty clear that, Lath was different than a lot of the other candidates that I'd been talking to. And, and he got really interested quickly as well, which it helps a lot. Like uh, we quickly started talking about strategy and what we wanted to do, you know, as opposed to it being a traditional interview. 
And so Laith, what was the first question like Bill on the board asked you in terms of, hey, Laith, what do you think we should do from a strategy perspective here? Like, what was that first question that really got your mind hooked to the challenge? I think it was kind of, we, we were asking each other, like, what is Pingboard and what is it, what does it want to be in the, in the future? How does it need to evolve? That's immediately where, where my head was at. And I think, I think the answer is we don't know. So I think that's where the dialogue really started. And I started, you know, my, my wheels started spinning around, you know, category design and strategic narrative. And like, how can we, how can we really focus the story of, of, of Pingboard so that we can accelerate growth? I'm here to accelerate growth. The company's growing, you know, 26, 27% year over year. It's at 6.3 million run rate. You're, you're at 6.3 today. You were at 6.3 today. So oh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice little, nice little growth, uh, growth curve there, but there's a lot more we could do. You know, my goal is to take it to 40% plus growth in the next, you know, in the next 12 months. So I think we can do that. We're in, we provide retention and employee engagement for the remote workforce. That's really where we're sharpening our, our sword, so to speak. And that's that's what Pingboard is. Now there was this big world-changing event that occurred in March 2020 that forever changed the nature of the workforce. And, and workforces now are remote and remote first as far as you know, office jobs, right? So that I, I really started keen in on that, like even even sort of during the interview process. I think that's where we really started um, getting the wheels spinning and um, in our head. And uh, it was great. It's great. Conversation. And what was your? Well, I mean, look, what was your opportunity cost? So, what was Bill going to have to convince you to leave to do Pingboard? Quite a bit. I mean, there's everything had to kind of fall in place. I was a general general manager at Weedmaps, which is the largest software and data company in the legal cannabis sector. So I was hired to stand up their entire B2B SaaS division. Um, this is a you know a company doing north of 240 million in revenue is a huge step up for me. Um, but really like my roots are in are like B2B SaaS, taking companies from you know this four or five, six million. Um, dollar run rate to you know 10, 15, 20 million, had some success at Scaleworks with a couple of companies. So everything had to line up. Um, great board of directors. That was that was the first thing. Um, super experienced. I know I'm sitting here going, how the heck did Lath get Kip and crew to agree to a, a, a 40% year over year growth target with VC funding? You got to be at like 80, 90, 100% to tell a to tell a damn good story. So how did you convince them to agree to 40% in year one? Well, they haven't they haven't agreed yet, but you know, um, <laughs> look, look, I'm just throwing numbers out there right now. But look, you know, just based on based on where we've been, I think we can you know we can aggressively grow. We haven't raised a traditional huge round, I and mean, you know, we we are looking to raise a round in the next year, like a traditional Series A. But you know, we're not looking to play the game of you know let's raise a you know fifty hundred million dollar round and just go 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 you know burn 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 right. We want to be methodical about it. Bill's built an amazing business. It's profitable. It's it, it's growing, um, and we have this whole switch to the remote workforce that we're really going to lean into. Um, I'm I'm, I'm under promising and hopefully over delivering as far as far as the growth. But I think I think there's a great story there. We can start. Well, telling. Bill, and we didn't touch much on your backstory, but you've already had sort of financial success in the software world with an exit to space and other angel investing at Capital Factory and just very active here in Austin and personal endeavors. So true or false, you kept the cap table pretty darn clean because you were the sole founder. It's not like there were six parties that each owned 15% that you'd get to agree here, right? Uh, there were two founders, me and my uh, CTO, Rob, Rob Beans, and, and he's staying on board. He's excited about this next phase. Um, but we, we raised from... Uh, we have a lot of angels, about 40, but they're all like entrepreneurs built and sold companies before, have different areas of expertise that I tap into. 
Um, and I think we talked on our last call about like we've run the business in a way where with every round of funding, we try to be able to get to profitability. And that's what we've done. You know, it, it, we never thought we actually would pull the trigger on going profitable, but we did when COVID hit because we had to. We wanted to obviously survive. Um, and it was nice to be in a position to be able to do that and not raise any more money in the meantime. But it's time to really step on the gas. So I think we've been conservative. And when we think 40% growth, that's like, man, that's a big step up from 25. But I'm sure we could do more, especially as we put a plan together to raise. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. And what was the name? You actually had a really good name for that chart you put together. I think it was like day, it's day zero cash number or what was that? You put a model. Touch zero operating plan is how there we, you go. The, the idea is I wasn't close, but I was in the right realm. <laughs> Touch zero operating model. Yeah, it's a really simple idea of you if you have a certain amount of cash, uh, there's no point in sitting on the cash because it's it, it doesn't do anything just sitting in the bank. You want to invest it in your business. But if you invest more than you have, you go negative and you have to raise money. Most companies design for that. And if you're growing and hitting all your numbers, it's pretty easy to raise more money. But if you miss it, you have a bad year or bad couple quarters, it can be pretty damn hard to raise money. And, and you know, VCs, they know what they're doing. They're, they'll take advantage of that and buy a little bit more of your company than otherwise they would have, would have. So the idea is like invest it all, touch zero in the bank account the moment you hit profitability. You at least design for that, operate towards it. And if things are going well, you raise money six or 12 months ahead of running out because you never actually want to run out. It's more of a optimization you make month over month to run the business. And, you know, we, as we think about raising, we may change that strategy, but that's how we run the business to date. Mm -hmm. I love the model. So I guess going back uh, late over to your side, so product vision moving forward, you want to play sort of in the remote space, how do, how do companies retain remote employees, keep them engaged, keep them happy? Is that, that's accurate, right? hundred percent. Yeah. That's, okay. that's, that's really what Pingboard does. We just don't tell the story properly yet. Right. And haven't, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things in the product that are you know coming soon that are really make this a powerful suite for retention and engagement. Think about not only employees networking with one another and learning who's who and what's their picture and where's the org chart, what are their interests, their likes, but also um, recognition and giving applause and integrating with Slack to be able to communicate more easily. But then we're really looking to target the people ops teams. Right now, the pain and suffering, so to speak, is in the people ops teams. People are leaving. The great resignation is real. How do we help them? Continuous feedback uh, as far as surveys, surveying the employee base, one-on-one -on -one meetings and being able to look at who's, who's holding effective one-on-one -on -one meetings, what managers have engaged teams, things like that. So really uh, upping the game from what people think of, oh, you guys are an org chart company. It's like, well, org charts were the first piece, but really we're a retention and engagement company. We think about 
all these interactions between managers and teams and people ops teams and managers. So how do we I, empower people ops teams? And I was just say I can't. I mean, I can't help but identify. I mean, there this space is incredibly hot, and there are billions of dollars of, of capital flowing through the private markets for this kind of technology. Some examples, you know, obviously you had Jobbyte, Jazz HR, Next, NXT, you know, combining under K1, massive private equity firm with billions playing sort of in the recruitment space, but obviously adjacent category is retainment and employee happiness, which they're acquiring aggressively under hub and spoke model, their PE firm. You also have Colin Day and iSims with backed by Vista, right? Another massive animal. We've got Art Pappas with, with Bullhorn, right? I mean, these are all massive companies that are would love to actually buy a company like Pingboard, right? So when you go out and you know, and, and you're pretty capital efficient, right? Your ARR almost equals the capital you've raised. So when you go out, let's say you do put a story together, you go 40% over the next 12 months, you, you get to the point where you're thinking about a series A, how do you balance, I mean, you're going to hopefully maybe look at the MA market as well. How do you balance like what a term sheet from a VC might look like for a series A versus, you know, a, a buyout offer from Vista Equity, K1 or one of these guys? I mean, you know, being new in the chair, I haven't haven't thought about that much yet. I think you know, I think the bottom line is, we, we, you know, we have a lot of runway. There's a lot of opportunity. We're not looking to to flip this company. I think you know, looking at these bigger guys out there, our target's going to be the upper SMB, lower middle market, right? I think that's our sweet spot. So just kind of talk, thinking about the first the first part of your statement there, like we want companies that have grown large enough to need a tool. Right. If you're too small, you don't have people ops problems. You're not feeling a lot of pain. You're too small. You don't need a tool. Quantify that. How big should the team be to really use Pingboard well? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, I tend to think of it as like 50 to 500 employees is probably our sweet spot. Um, if you get if you get much bigger than that, you know, getting towards a thousand plus employees, you're probably aging out of a tool like Pingboard and starting to go to like an enterprise tool, some of those tools you mentioned. Um mm-hmm. Or, you know, you just, well, we use AD, ADP Enterprise and it has some of that stuff in there. So like, I think our, our fertile zone, that middle zone for, you know, let's say, you know, 50 to a thousand employees is our sweet spot. And I think that's, I think that's a great niche for us to, to play in, right? We, we don't want to compete with Workday. We don't want, like, that's, that's not us, right? Those are big, complicated tools with long enterprise sales cycles, implementation cycles, services, like aspects of like... I come from the enterprise world. I worked at a, a Vista portfolio company for for four years. Four years. I know that world really well. We we want to be in that fifty to thousand employee sweet spot. As far as you know, weighing weighing a, in a, an acquisition from a big PE roll up versus you know a VC. Like you know, let's see what happens. Let's get to 40, 60 percent growth, and then have that conversation. <laughs> I love it. Now, Bill, last time we chatted, you talked about breaking. Gosh, twelve hundred. This was back in 2018, 1,200 customers. And had about a two hundred and twenty dollars ARPU. I assume, you, obviously, your customer base is what your customer base is like doubled or tripled almost. Yeah, we're about twenty five hundred customers today. And is ARPU still about the same currently, like before late changes or new strategies coming in? It's been up slightly, but I I think it's pretty close to that still. Yeah. So I guess like, the reason I asked that is, do you think you? I mean, if you add no new customers this year, but you invest heavily in engineering and R and D, develop more products for upselling the current twenty five hundred base. I mean, can't you take a three hundred dollar ARPU up, you know, double it and get your forty percent growth that way? Do you think that'll be the strategy, or will it be PLG keep onboarding no touch, high volume, low ARPU customers? No, I think I think in the short term, like when I use that that twelve month benchmark, I think the way we drive growth quickly is is in the base, right? Creating a new like our funnel right now is really well optimized to org charts, right? But like we're changing the story, and it's like turning a huge ship around. It takes time to change that funnel of net new customers coming in. 
but we have 2,500 engaged active customers right now in our base. We're already seeing some success using what we call almost like a support-led revenue model, where we have customer success managers that build personal relationships with the teams, consult, demo, and then drive adoption of, of the new features that way. If you look at our ARPA in the, um, the existing base, the self-service base, and the ARPA in our assisted assisted base, it, it's dramatically higher. I mean, we're closing, you know, we closed a $1,200 a month deal um, on, on April Fool's Day. I had to make sure it wasn't an April Fool's versus our, you know, our base ARPA or our new customer ARPA is more in the, you know, $150 range. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's dramatically different. So we, we think we're going to have great success. So before we wrap up here, I got the chance to get it on San Antonio over the weekend. The timing actually just happened to work. This was just by chance, but I got the chance to like, talk and interview some of the f- folks that worked with you at Chargeify. And they go, actually, Marcus probably wouldn't mind if I mentioned his name, Marcus Nicholson. He goes, man, Leif, that guy's intense. This is going to be perfect at Pingboard, right? He just, they, he just said super intense and a dashboards guy. What does that mean? Super intense. and a mar- I love Marcus. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think your dashboards guy, as far as using metrics to drive accountability and drive growth in the business, I think he was also alluding to the fact that we launched a business intelligence tool together, Chargeify, which really was the the catalyst for battery ventures to, 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 for us to exit to battery ventures. I, I think I'm intense. I'm high energy. Like maybe I drink too many energy drinks in the morning, but like, <laughs> I get excited. Like I like, I love, I love wins. I love collaborate. I'm very collaborative, right? I'm, I'm getting, a, I'm going to get in the room and whiteboard kind of, kind of person, but I, you know, I love hearing that feedback from Marcus, but yeah, I'm intense. Like let's, let's, let's win. Let's do this. Life is short. And these, you know, five years is an eternity in, in, in tech. We don't have much time. So like, let's, let's get cracking. On that note, let's wrap up here, Leith. We'll have you do the famous five this time instead of Bill. So number one, favorite business book. Oh, good to great. Number two, is there is there a CEO you're following or studying? No, there probably should be now that I'm a CEO. I need to get on that. Uh, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Pingboard besides your own? For building Pingboard. For something building... you use, just something you use frequently, an online tool that helps you build the business. Oh, um, honestly, like it sounds lame, you know, Google sheets. I mean, honestly. Yep. No, I, I have seen Bill's Google sheets and they are nothing to mess with. I will tell you that, uh, number or Excel files, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, with an eight month old and a three month old, uh, two hour blocks, maybe six hours. (laughs) That's great. Okay. So two, so married with two kids and how, how old are you? I am. Oh God. 47. 47. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Uh, how important mentors are and the relationships you build uh, as a young, you know, young professional and, and having mentors is, is absolutely critical. That's how I got to the CEO role. Pingboard launched in 2013. They really crushed it as a tool focused on org charts for the first five or six years. They grew from $240,000 run rate in 2014 up to a $5 million run rate in 2020, now up to a $6.3 million run rate with about $7.5 million raised. Very capital efficient business. Uh, also, revenue per employee, very high. But they've said, you know what? We've got to grow faster. We've raised capital. It's a big space. They said, today, we want to start building a tool that helps teams recruit, manage, and keep their remote employees happy. Bill is passing the baton to late the new founder to do that. We'll see what happens as Lathe targets 40% year-over-year growth and maybe a Series A later this year. Guys, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Thanks. Nathan.